Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Good morning, folks, and welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And uh, yes, we are all three here this morning, but a, a little, little different. Yeah, just a little. Yeah, uh, technology saves us all. Yeah, you, you and I are still kind of local, but um, Jeff is is going to be joining us via phone. And also, we have a very special guest today. You know, it, and this is always a time of year, Kurt, that, you know, we spend a lot of time in, in the woods this time of year. I mean, in, in preparing. We have. You know, I mean, and, and it's hot, and it's nasty, and, and it's just it's the way all, that way all over the country. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, the, the guys in Iowa that are doing food plots and stuff, dude, they're hot, too. Yeah, everybody's cooking right now. The, the heat index all over the country, especially in the Midwest. Yeah. South Texas, all into Texas is just horrendous right now. And but if, if you want to get your food pots done, and yeah. get your seed in the ground, uh, we timed our our plantings as a lot of people have around this current weather system. And I guess we're really blessed that we dodged that bullet. But uh, yeah, absolutely. But you know, again, this is the time of year when we can go talk to people in in the hunting and, and fishing industry besides right. us. <laughs> and and there's somebody that. Um, uh, that, that we have have been honestly been trying to get on the show for a long time. Somebody that uh, you and I have a lot of respect for. And that's that's Babe Winkleman, and you know he, this guy. Uh, when, I mean, can you remember the first time that you started watching him on TV? Been, I, I mean, I can. I can too. I've been watching his fishing shows yeah. forever, and and you know with a guy that's been on TV for thirty years yeah. plus, um, and you, you and I've been watching it since we were in our our uh, teens and twenties. So, I mean, that's a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tony, do we have Babe up yet? Temple. All right. Well, he's, he's going to be joining us, and, and, then, and then Jeff's going to be joining us also. So it, 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 should, be, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, you know, it's always people like this that, uh, you know, I mean, we, we obviously, you know, Ronnie Coe Strickland. Right. You know, people, you know, I love talking. That's the cool thing about doing this radio show is, is being able to talk to some of these guys. You know, you see them on TV your whole life. Well, and you get the opportunity to meet people that really kind of have roots like you and I did. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, you know, I started out in, in, in food service business Sure. way back when. Uh, actually, Babe started out in the construction business. Yep. He had a building corporation in 1969. Yeah. So, I mean, it's neat how, you know, stuff like that evolved, you know, typical yeah. with what we've talked about in the past few weeks. I mean, how Mossy Oak evolved from right. when it started and it started its roots, you know, the first Absolutely. camo patterns that came out and now where it is. But it, it, you know, I mean, honestly, you, you don't you don't talk to very many people in in the hunting and fishing industry. They got started in, in in the hunting and fishing industry, right? You know, most people most people had some type of a full time job, and they're like, you know what, you know what I really want to do for a living? That's right. I want to hunt and fish, and and I'm either going to 
sell the company that I own, or I am, I'm going to quit and I'm going out on a limb. I mean, it's that's a, how I got started. That's how you got started. It's a leap of faith. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And, and, and joining us now is Babe Weekly. Good morning, Babe. Good morning, guys. How are you, buddy? I'm great. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, I guess you heard us talking there, but before you came on the air a little bit, and um, you know, it's it's funny how folks like us get started in, in the outdoors industry. You know, ours is a little different. It's it's with radio, and then just a little background on, on Kirk and I. We're we're both charter captains, also, you know, in, in the state of Florida. But you know, it's you don't find very many people that that. You know, they go to college, they grow up, and, and all of a sudden they're they're on the radio or they're on TV doing outdoors. All of us have started someplace else, but our love, that, that you know, the one thing that we've always wanted to do was hunt and fish. And, 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 you know, looking at your bio and stuff, I mean, that's exactly how you got started. Um, well, I started fishing when I was six. I started hunting when I was eight. Yeah. I was on the farm, you know, and just did it all my life, loved it. Um. You know, more than more than I can tell you, I loved it. Um, started a, another business, a construction business, when I was 19. When I was 24, I had six companies and, and 197 employees. And I was going nuts, <laughs> wow. and I just, just decided, you know, if a man's got to work this darn-hearted life, then you better do it as something that you like more than anything else. You Absolutely. know, because it's... I, I'm sure. I'm sure that the time you were running a construction company, you weren't doing much much fishing and hunting. Oh, that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. I started guiding back in the '60s. Really? And uh, about '65, um, and uh, guided for a, a number of years. There. I started fishing tournaments in 1970. Um, started first year with local tournaments, then I fished. Uh, one to three BASS tournaments a year for a number of years. They're just trying to learn the southern waters and uh, the reservoir fishing because it's quite different than what we have here. And uh, so I was doing that simultaneously. You know, I've, I've always been hunting as well. You know, I'd, but back those days, I'd take maybe one trip out west and, and a Minnesota deer hunter or pheasant hunt as well. And there was only time for so much. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Folks, we're talking to Babe Winkleman, the host of Good Fishing and Outdoor Secrets on Versus Channel. Babe, obviously you piqued my interest because you're, again, you're, you're talking to two guys that, um, that are still guides. And, and when you were guiding, where were you guiding and what were you guiding for? Minnesota, right here, and, and almost always it was walleyes. Okay. Um, some, sometimes bass. And then you'd get, you'd get some people that didn't give a darn what they caught just as long as they caught fish, you know. <laughs> we but we mean, know that back, one. Back in we, the we, 60s, you got to understand, and into the 70s, there was so darn little known about fishing in comparison to what there is today. Our equipment was so archaic. I remember when I got my first sonar unit, I thought it died and went to heaven. My God, <laughs> now you could see the bottom. I used to use uh, a piece of string with a bolt or a rock tied on it. To find what the bottom was made of, or you know, you go along an edge. I take bleach bottles, and uh, you know what the Hilux bleach bottles are? Sure, They're yes, sir. Big one gallon white bottles. Well, I had about fifty of them, and I'd uh, I had a fifteen foot piece of twine string tied on them to uh, with an old farm bolt or something on the bottom, and I'd go out across the lake and drop these things off about every hundred feet or so, and let the wind take them in the shore, and they would mark out the edge. They'd mark off the drop-offs. 
and then I'd go along that drop-off with a with a, a big heavy bolt and a string, and you could find the areas that had hard bottom or soft bottom or mud or gravel <laughs> or whatever. It was a tremendous amount of work to try and find how to find the fish. Uh, you know, you know it, it's funny because you know when when Kirk and I, I, I literally just like you, I was running I was running charters when I was eighteen, and and I was running offshore, and and it was it uh, you know we didn't go as far as you know dropping bolts down to the bottom but you know we there was no temperature gauges there was we didn't have all i had was a vhf that's all i had on the boat and, it, and, mm-hmm. and it's interesting looking at you know because now i mean everything is is so related to what we do around that gps unit you know the bottom the the, right. the, the temperature gauge i mean there's so many things we look at now that i never even thought about then well it, we didn't have the opportunity that's I right. remember, you know, I, after I got my first locator, I was so excited, and I was really, really learning at a fast rate, and I bought one for Christmas for my father. Um, God love him. And uh, now Dad would still drift around the lake like he used to always fish walleyes wherever the wind took him, but he knew how deep it was where he was going. <laughs> it, 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 it was so foreign, you know, to, for people to think, hey, you could learn how to get good at hunting fish. Right. fish. Fishing prior to that was the thing you kind of went out, you found the spot. Yeah, they knew that there was, you know, good spots and bad spots and this, that, and the other, but they didn't necessarily know why. Right, that's exactly right. It, it, that, it was that... just, if you caught a bunch of fish, you got lucky. If you found a <laughs> spot where you could catch fish, you didn't even tell your brother. No. No, a- absolutely not. I mean, I-, I can remember, you know, fishing with my grandfather, and we fished on the west coast of Florida. And the only thing that we knew at, at that time was what tides were good, Kurt. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and-, and 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 we had spots that that we would fish on certain tides. And and it- my grandfather, he he wouldn't tell my grandmother where we caught fish. I no. mean, I don't. <laughs> well, I mean. It- you couldn't afford to because it was too darn hard to find a good spot. <laughs> oh, and that's I mean, it. it just was a tremendous amount of work. Now, I mean, um, oh, gosh, about eight or ten years ago, probably ten years ago, I'm fishing with this guy. He's a walleye tournament guy and so forth, new to Minnesota. I've known him for a while. He was from Illinois. And uh, Ted Takasaki was his name. Anyway... Um, I'm going to meet Ted out at Mille Lacs Lake. Mille Lacs is this big lake. It's about 18 and a half miles by about 25 miles. Big round sucker. Our, our, our best uh, walleye lake probably in the state, and very, very, very good for a lot of other things too, uh, muskies and smallmouth and et cetera. But anyhow, so uh, I get out there, and, and uh, we meet at the landing, and, and uh, we're hooking the boat up, and Ted had been uh, fishing a tournament. And I said, well, what do you have in mind? Well, he said, you know, the little hook off the finger of the boot flat, there's some fish out there, and there's and about three or four of these. And I looked at him and said, Ted, where in the hell did you learn about the hook off of the finger of the, of the boot flat? He said, the GPS. And I, went, <laughs> I mean, I, everything that I had spent 40 years learning, he yep. bought in the chip. Uh, you know, and and that, that amazes me. It's it's unbelievable, babe, that, that, that we can do that because it, 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 again, Kirk and I, you know, we we run, you know, obviously GPS units, and 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 you know, just it, here's the thing, just like running down the intercoastal waterway, if you turn on your chart plotter, 
all of your buoys are there. Yeah. How do they do that? Yeah. I, I, I mean, and just like you said, all of the all of the places that I fished as a kid, you know, uh, offshore, and 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 they're they're all on the GPS. Yes, I mean, Lake of the Woods is a big uh, a lake on the Ontario Minnesota border. Yes. And Manitoba border, all, all three of them actually. It's over a million right. acres. I mean, wow. so it's a big, big body of water. Channels, and there's over 14,000 islands that stick above water in Lake of the Woods. And so many of them close to the surface, it's a joke. Well, you get out there and you've got a topographical map. You just put this chip in for Lake of the Woods, and here's the bulk of the structure in the lake, all the... All the uh, control waterways, every buoy marked, everything. I mean, you can be on the lake for your first time, know exactly where you're at, and go out 30 <laughs> I mean, miles. See, I don't you know, understand that. I mean, it's wonderful, I, is what it is. The technology yeah. today allows people to get on fish and understand how to hunt them and have the tools to be able to hunt them with. Yep. You know, it's, it's it... amazing if they if they take the time to get, first off get the good stuff, and then secondly learn how to use it properly. I sometimes think that's cheating, though. I mean, you worked really hard to develop all the knowledge. You I, got. Then you're a big cheater, and, and you're I, being a hypocrite, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> well, no. In, in a lot of ways, you think about what we do for a living, and and what he he's talking about. You know, you work hard to get to that point in life where you finally start to figure it out. And I know that. One of the things I've, I, that I noticed in reading your bio that you talk about predictable patterns based on relationship of cause and effect, and that is that is so true when you're dealing with nature and you're de- dealing with wild animals. People always get in the boat, and I'm sure you hear it all the time. What do you think they're going to do today? Yeah, and you don't know. Yeah. Hey, Dave, we we, we got we got to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right. All right, man. Folks, you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoors Show with Dave Winkleman. Obviously, he is the host of Good Fishing and Outdoor Secrets on Versus Channel. And uh, obviously, you can tell Kirk and I are way into this because talking to an old fisherman, because that's basically what we are. Well, you're a lot older than me. Well, not that much. <laughs> we'll be right back with the Hot Life Outdoor Show. As a turkey hunter, we've all been there. You're on your eighth day of hunting the same gobbler, and every morning he's made you look silly. Your kids think you've lost your mind. Your wife's beginning to wonder if you're really turkey hunting. You keep telling yourself this morning will be different. Conditions are perfect. 45 degrees, very little wind, and there is no moon. As you sit in the dark, your eyes get heavy. With your eyes closed, the whippoorwills keep you awake. And just before the sun rises, the familiar song of the cardinal catches your attention because you know it won't be long until the game begins. You've decided this morning to be quiet. Just let him gobble on the roost. Just after daybreak, he does just that. You know it's him because his gobble is way too familiar. It's all you can do not to call back. You hear him fly down, and then you hear the hen start to call. You make one soft call and get the gun ready. First you see a hen, then all you see is a swinging beard. He comes into view, and you fold him up. This morning, you guessed right. What a cool feeling. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. Because at Hunt Life, they know it's all about the outdoors experience. Visit them at HuntLife.com. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new breakup infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup infinity from Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. There was the explosion. And I remember just opening my eyes, and I got both of my legs. 
had surgery after surgery. And what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And, folks, just to let you know, we have uh, Babe Winkleman joining us this morning. And, uh, obviously, Babe is the host of Good Fishing and Outdoor Secrets on, on the Versus channel. Hey, babe, I, I know we talked about, you know, the the way things have changed in the fishing industry. And, and, I mean, what's amazing to me is the things that have changed in the television industry. Um, when you started out 30 years ago, can you remember how, how many outdoor shows there were? Hardly any. Yeah. I mean, for, for gosh, 8, 10 years, our show was the only show that people got much. I mean, right. when I started, tele- cable didn't exist. I mean, we ran on on all local channels and so forth, and and uh, um, you know, there were Bill Dance was on the air, right. and uh, Virgil Ward was on the air, um, Jerry McInnes was on the air. Yep. And I think Roland had. Uh, I think Roland had started the show I, as well. I was going to say Roland Ro- Ro- <laughs> Martin. <laughs> you know, but. Theirs were southern-based, and they bought markets down south, and we bought markets uh, across the United States, actually. from uh, Most of them were in the northern half of the United States, with the exception of, of uh, Texas. We did a, right. covered a bunch of Texas, but everything else was pretty much from Arkansas north. But, I mean, it okay. went from, from Seattle to uh, the east coast. But, for, like I said, for years there, there was a lot of folks, the only outdoor show they got was ours. You know, so Absolutely. it was a, a whole different world opposed to 3,000 of them as we have at the moment. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it amazing? How, I mean, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a outdoors junkie. I mean, I, I watch all the channels, you know, and, and, and there's and, and our neck of the woods, you know, we have four different outdoor <laughs> networks here. And, and it's there's like over 600 hunting shows nationally syndicated now. I mean, that's that's crazy. Well, nationally syndicated is as a word that gets used a tremendous amount. Um, you know, for example, there there is the Sportsman's Channel and 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 the Outdoor Channel. Right. Um, they talk about national. Well, you can get them across the country, but the true meaning of the word national is you've got to hit ninety percent of the television households in America. And if you added three or four of those channels together, um, you might hit ninety percent of the right. household. I, I, you know, no, I, I get the, that. How about, the, how about the? There's all kinds of stuff spread around that are based on on um, guys not knowing, guys right. being fed a bunch of stuff. Part of what's going on right now is 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 not cool. There's a lot of these guys wanting desperately to get into the the outdoor business. I mean, they're selling their businesses. They're doing whatever they have. Boy, they got a time slot on the channel, and they're going to be in business. And it's it's so much more than that in the long run that oh, yes. uh, um, 
you can watch some of those channels and a third of their programming, it'll be brand new every year because the other third one broke the year before. <laughs> There's too many shows on the outdoors right now for the industries to support. Absolutely. You know, and, I mean, there just is. And so many of them look just like the one that was just on before them or after them that there's no identity. And I, that's the biggest problem. I agree. Problem. Yeah, yeah. How about how about the evolution of technology too? I know when you first started doing uh, TV, probably the the cameras, the size of the equipment must have been just ungodly. We start yeah. when we first started with television. We were using 16 millimeter film. <laughs> I mean, video had been to, invented. Those recorders must have weighed a ton. Well, you had you had a sound recorder and a and a camera, you know, and then you had to have yeah. sync boards to to sync your sound to. Uh, the action that was going on on the film, you know, but the, your sound was recorded separately from the film itself. You know, it, it wasn't. It was, it was a whole different cat. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what's happened. I mean, they've changed technologies on me. They went from film to three quarter, from three quarter to three quarter CCD, from three quarter CCD to Betacam, from Betacam to Betacam CCD. From Betacam CCD, they went to digital, and then there were a couple of grades of digital, and now we've got four different grades of high definition. I have so far put $2.5 million into equipment. I just spent another uh, almost $300,000 this year on a whole series of new cameras. One lens was $29,750. One lens. I mean, you can buy a major Silverado pickup. For thirty thousand dollars, guys, and that's what they nailed me for the lens because they're the only company that make one. <laughs> and uh, babe, we, we the want crap to, uh... is all of the rest of the stuff is obsolete. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I do some filming myself and and, and locally, and, and you're absolutely right. It's just like a daggum computer. Once once they're out of date, they're out of date, brother. Um, I want to yeah, bring I up our, our. I don't care if you our... paid a million dollars for the thing; throw it in the garbage. <laughs> Uh, let's let's bring up our our, our third host, uh, Jeff Logaman, who who's out of town this morning, but he's joining us uh, via the phone line. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, babe. Good morning, Jeff. Man, I'm uh, glad you came on, and uh, I don't know if Kevin or, or Kirk have asked you guys this. Uh, you know, I, I've always wanted. To, I, I've loved watching you throughout the years, and Thank and you, I don't know when I first started watching you, but you know now you you actually kind of. Uh, Besides some of your TV shows, you you are kind of meant, uh, I guess you could say, uh, guiding along things on the Versus Channel. We, uh, we do it a lot with them. Yeah, and and I love what you do for them. And I, the, everybody wants to know what's in the coffee mug. Coffee, <laughs> black coffee. As a matter of fact, I am drinking a cup of it with my right hand as I'm talking with my left at the moment. Because you, know, it's funny because you know it's amazing. A lot of people that actually watch that that watch that go, I wonder what Babe has in the coffee mug. And everybody's got a different opinion as to what's in the coffee mug. Is it coffee? Is it water? Is it a little, a little something? Yeah, whatever. But I mean, well, you know, and and I did that thing with the coffee mug just for the fun of it. Yeah. Period. I mean, I, I'm I'm I drink coffee. I'm a coffee drinker, but I don't drink soda. I, I maybe have a couple of cans of, of Orange Crush a year. When we have shore lunches up in Canada, and that's about it. I just don't You're... drink soda. I drink juice or water or coffee, and once in a while put stuff in the water to kill bugs like scotch. But <laughs> <laughs> see, I but, was you know, it, it, uh... it was. 
I did the, I, the coffee thing just for the fun of it, and we've had a tremendous amount of fun with it over the years. Every time I do an appearance, people always ask that same question. What do you got in the coffee mug? Coffee right here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's funny. Because, I mean, that's what people, you know, for all the listeners that are out there, I mean, I'm sure they've got the same question and, and wondered the same thing. But, uh, uh, babe, I, I noticed that you're, you're from Minnesota and uh, uh, Brainerd, I believe, right? Well, I, I live in Brainerd. I have since 75. I grew up about an hour or so south of here in the farm. And and so uh, is that pretty much a home base for you? And, and how much honey do you actually do in Minnesota? Well, I do a fair amount um, all over. I mean, in Minnesota, you can kill one buck if you're a deer hunter. That's mm-hmm. it. And that's with bow, rifle, or muzzle loader. So you can take your pick. You can hunt all seasons if you want, but you can still only kill one buck. Some areas you can kill a buck and a doe, like where right. our ranch is, we can kill two. Um, so, and I've also got five daughters and four grandkids now, and, and uh, we've got a place we call our ranch in western Minnesota, and, and I've set it up for, for hunting of all kinds of critters just to, as a private place for my family. Um, to all get together and celebrate hunting. So we never even film it. I hardly wow. ever film uh, deer hunting in Minnesota, sometimes bow hunting, you know, but because uh, um, it's a special time. We take a week with the kids and, and some of the grandkids. For a couple of years, I had four generations of Winkelmans um, in deer camp together. And it's we, we take it and we celebrate it as it should be celebrated, you know, uh, uh, that's what we do, and it's made for family, period. I don't bring outsiders in other than a couple of real close friends. Um, we film other hunts. I filmed a hunt that you'll see it coming up this fall that's uh, incredibly cool. of a really good sprinter, and out at the ranch we have a tremendous amount of grouse, and he's yeah. very good on them. But he's so close to me. I mean, he's like my son. He's not like a dog. I don't have to yell commands at him. I just look at him, tell him, let's hunt this section over here, whatever, I'll point with my finger. He knows just what to do. Um, now they're seeing squirrels outside, and they're on squirrel patrol. <laughs> That's the barking in the background. Well, anyway, we filmed this show called Ban, the Dog's Best Friend, and we filmed the show from the dog's perspective. <laughs> And wait till you that's see a, it. That's a great idea. Wait till you see it. It's funny. I gotta watch because that. I mean, that's if I miss right. the grouse, he looks at me like I'm sick. Oh, uh, that's great. Hey, babe, Jeff, we got to take a quick break. And the folks okay. are listening to the the Hot Life Outdoor Show with Dave Winkleman, and and we're all here this morning. Kirk Waltz, Kevin Favor, Jeff Logerman. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of Dave when we, when we come back right after the break. And uh, obviously, we want to talk to him about more hunting and fishing. Don't go anywhere. Connections. That's what life is really all about. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. At HuntLife.com, we've created a place for you to connect with those who share your passion for the hunting experience. With a free HuntLife.com membership, you'll be able to swap stories, information, and insight with hunters from all over the world. You'll find useful information on equipment, outfitters, and all the regs and red tape for your neck of the woods. At HuntLife.com, you can even keep a journal of your hunt straight from your mobile device and upload pictures of your latest and greatest hunting experiences. You can even flip on the radio and hear the latest episode of the Hunt Life Outdoor Show while you browse through all the great stuff we've got in the Hunt Life shop. 
hats, shirts, decals, and more. Become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And join the online fraternity of hunters. Connect with us at HuntLife.com. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, where it's myself, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz here this morning, and uh, very special guest, Dave Winkleman, host of Good Fishing and Outdoor Secrets on, on the Versus Channel. And uh, Dave, the one thing that that I think that you've done a great job of uh, over the years, and, and and Kirk and I, you know, we we try to do a better job of this, is is basically really teaching people. Um, you know, it, whether it be fishing, hunting, I mean, all the time, you know, the, the, the emails that we get, you know, we take so much for granted because we did grow up in the outdoor industry. And, and you know, especially with the fishing and hunting. Um, and, and like I said, I, I think you've done a great job of, of helping people learn how to fish and hunt. We've been trying. We, I've had a registered trademark for, oh, God, almost three decades teaching America to fish. Yeah. Uh, that's one of them. We have others as well, and we, we have always done that. You know, the old saying, uh, take a man fishing and you can feed him for a day. You teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for life. Right. Um, there's a lot to that. So, and, You know, and, and, and back 35 years ago, um, guys would say, hey, I don't, we don't care if it's, it's shaky home video. Just teach us how to fish. Right. Well, we, we taught an army of them. Today, they're looking for different things. Newcomers, not necessarily, but people who have been in the sport for a while are looking for different things than they were back years ago. Um, things change, you know. But, yeah. uh, um, yes, we've always taught, and 
it, it, it's a learned thing. People don't understand that if you're going to get good at fishing, the first thing you have to get good at is learning how to hunt fish. If you can't hunt them, and I mean hunt them just like you do a whitetail, um, then you're just hoping to float around and come across the spot, you know? Um, yeah. It is just not the same thing. They, they don't realize, hey, that this can be learned to a finite science if you really right. want to get that heavy with it. Well, and I some guys even, do. I, I noticed you alluded to, and I kind of talked about that before we went to that last break, about uh, you called it mastering the patterns of nature. And I think that uh, a lot of folks don't really realize that as an outdoorsman, whether you fish or hunt, you really got to tune in to that relationship of what you call cause and effect. Absolutely. Everything in, everything in nature is cause and effect. Something happened and the critters react to it. They do not think. That doesn't mean they're not intelligent. Believe me, some of them are incredibly intelligent, particularly some of the old bucks. Um, but it's not intelligence that's taking over. It's finally tuned, finely honed instincts, the survival instinct. You know, I mean, the law of the land, God's law, is survival of the fittest. Right. Imagine how humanity would be changed if that would be the case. We're, mm-hmm. we're sitting in a country with um, 50-some percent of our population living on entitlement programs. There's Absolutely. no entitlement program for the deer or for a pheasant or for anything else. If he doesn't live by his wits and outsmart everything that's trying to kill him, he winds up being lunch. I mean, if we took humanity and said, okay, there is no more welfare, there's no more ADC, there's no more handouts, there's no more entitlement whatsoever, you got to do it on your own. Half of the people in our own country wouldn't know how to feed themselves. We are so far away from from the design of the earth and our role, and we we sit back and think that we're so damn Uh good and smart that we are the stewards of the earth. Uh, and we talk about that kind of crap all the time. Well, the Earth did fine for 20 million years before we got here, and it'll do fine for 20 million when we're gone. It doesn't need us at all to make the scheme work, you know? Well, I th- I, Kevin and I take people fishing all the time, and it's so funny how you get them out there, and they think it's, uh, especially the young folks, is almost a, I hate to use the word takeout mentality, but there is. It's like they expect when they, they hit the water that you're going to go to the first place that you stop at, and it's going to be wide open. Absolutely. And animals are, and they're not always predictable like that. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, there's a reason Americans are obese. Because we are light eaters. It gets light in the morning and we start eating. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> critters don't. The fish don't always bite. There are things that cause them to just be off of the feed and... We just don't understand it because we got to have three square meals a day, you yeah, know. So it, it, dealing with a cold-blooded creature that can drop down fifteen foot in depth and can change his complete metabolism and his ability to digest food is out of our comprehension. Right, uh, you, you're you're right, Dave. I mean, and, and Kirk and I've talked about this for years. You know, how, you know how can it be that you know today we can go to a spot. And, and just absolutely blister the fish. I mean, it'd just be wide open. And tomorrow, same conditions, same tides, same moon phase, same water temperature, same. 
And 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 you know the fish are there simply for the fact that you know we all have recorders now, and and, and you can't get on a bite, you can't do anything, you know. They and, just, and it's it's different. Thank God. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's so true. Yeah. First, yeah. first yeah. off, I mean, if every time you went golfing, you made hole in ones, pretty soon golfing would be boring. If every yes, time right. you went fishing, you just caught the crap out of them in every spot, there would be no challenge. The fun, the right. excitement. Um, the the interest uh, with fishing is hunting them, is figuring out first off where a group of them of the kind that you're after are, and then secondly what it's going to take if it's possible to get them to bite. And sometimes it, it, it's the darndest things. You're, you're right, and, and it's it's interesting to me because you know people, and I know that you got this question. I'm sure you get this question now. You know, do you still find it as enjoyable? As you did when you weren't doing it for a living, and and I find different things enjoyable about what I do, and 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 to me, if I if I bust my butt all day and I come to that last spot and I haven't caught fish, and I come to that last spot and 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 just just blister them on that last spot, and everybody's had a great day. I, it's it's a different high, you know. I mean, there's 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 no question that that what I enjoy now is is putting people on fish. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you, and, and, and you guys, you're from Jacksonville, right? Correct. You know my friend Bob McDally? Absolutely, we oh, have yeah. we have him on the air all the time. Uh, Bob's a, a really good friend, and and so forth. He and I were fishing at the mouth of the St. Johns River uh, years ago, and uh, um, the Jack Crevel were pushing the sardines to the surface, and when they push them to the surface, uh, right at the mouth of the river. I mean, the water just foamed, and the seagulls were coming down from the top, and the crevel from the bottom, and we were slinging crankbaits out there, trying to get to the fish before the seagulls got it. Twice we had double headers on seagulls. <laughs> That's great stuff, Dave. Listen, uh, we, we we've got about thirty seconds here to go, and, and first off, thank you for for joining us. But we really want to thank you for you know, all the time and effort that you've put into your career and, and, and sharing that with us over the years. Uh, real quick, my, my son went to Canada the last couple of years, and he goes, Dad, I don't know how to fish for a walleye and and, and northern. I'm, and I said, dude, just just go to Babe Winkleman's website, and, and you'll figure it out. There's, and, uh, like there's said, a lot of stuff a lot of stuff on our website. We've got a very active Facebook page these days, too, and we're uh, aggressively building that, doing a ton of things with it. I'm trying to reach out and figure out new ways to help people and come into their life and try and inspire them to spend more time in the outdoors, hopefully, number one, with their family, if not with their good friends. But just get out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, thank you so much for joining us, and have a great weekend, okay? Guys, it was my pleasure. I'm going to, and you guys do the same. Keep in touch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks, babe. You're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and uh, we'll be right back after this break. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. What they wear speaks volumes as to who they are and where they stand on a number of things, from their favorite team or the place they like to eat to what they really believe in. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. When you see someone wearing a Hunt Life shirt or hat, you'll know some things about them right away. You'll know they're passionate about the outdoors. You'll know they invest time and energy and funds into preserving and protecting wildlife because they care about it. You'll know that they enjoy sharing the hunting experience with everyone they can. And you'll know that, for them, hunting isn't a hobby. It's a way of life. If you're a hunter, it's time you told the world what kind of person you are. 
Visit HuntLife.com and browse the hunt shop for hats and shirts and decals and more. And while you're there, become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And you'll connect with a world of people who share your feelings about hunting. Take aim with Hunt Life. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequaled effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic, high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camo pattern just got better. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older. As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. Hands can do incredible things. This is the sound of two hands helping to save a life. It's called hands-only CPR, and it's recommended by the American Heart Association. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. Hands can do incredible things, but nothing compares to using them to help save a life. For more information on this latest method of CPR, visit handsonlycpr.org today. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, folks. We're uh, great interview. That was that was a lot of fun talking to Babe Winkleman, obviously the host of Good Fishing and Outdoor Secrets on, on Versus Channel. And did, did you see the list of times that he has on, on, on the Versus Channel? Yeah, that was I mean, the first thing that caught holy me. Holy cow. You know, because I, obviously I, I, I do a local TV show. He's you on know, five days a week. Five. Yeah, five days a week, I know. Five days it's, a week. It's, uh, anyway, it was, it was neat talking to him and, and kind of getting his perspective because when, when he talked about, you know, the question I asked him about when, when he started, who was there and, and, right. and, you know, Bill Dance, Roland Martin. I mean, these are guys that, that we grew up with, obviously, Babe, too. And, 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 you know, like, like Bill Dance and, and Roland Martin, those guys, Kurt, they did a lot of stuff that, that, that you and I did. You know, they bass fished and then they, they kind of, you know, Bill Dance never, well, he's doing a lot of saltwater stuff now. But we all grew up bass fishing. We did. You know, I, I didn't grow up musky fishing or, or, or walleye fishing. I watched Babe because I thought it was interesting. Yeah. You know, but the, you know, the, the, the freshwater, that's, that's what, that's what everybody did. Well, and, and, and frankly, that's what kind of promotion you saw on TV. It was always yeah. freshwater dedicated and, and not a lot of saltwater. That didn't come on until later on. You know, Jerry McKinnis was heavy into that, uh, Bill Dance, uh, Orlando Wilson. Um, and a lot of those guys, you know, they were always uh, evolved into the freshwater end of it. Saltwater didn't come around until years later. Right. And Babe was kind of a pioneer. I mean, you think about it, 30-plus years on television. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. And, and folks, all over this country, I know that, that a lot of you folks that live out in the Midwest, Texas, are our, our affiliate. Uh, our new affiliate, KINX-FM in, in, in Great Falls, uh, Montana. Montana. Yeah. I mean, everybody, I think, throughout this country uh, watched Babe Winkleman on TV, and it was really neat to get his take. 
I would have liked to have gotten a little bit more into the uh, cause and effect, but it was so neat to talk about him about that. And well, you could do three hours on that. You could. We could. And, and it's really <laughs> neat how, you know, it's so true. You know, I don't care what part of the country is, whether you're hunting whitetails or you're fishing, everything's different, and you, uh, un, uh, animals are unpredictable. No, there's there's no question. And, and But the things, it's interesting with, with all of the technology now, how, how we have, evolved and changed as outdoorsmen you know i mean just just the simple thing that we were talking about a bottom recorder for fishing and, and then you know when, when you talk about weather you know when, when we're deer hunting now you know we we're always we're always looking at fronts and and, and oh. front of fronts and behind fronts and wind changes and temperature changes and there's so many things that we've we you know i mean again star trek man dude when i was 15 or 16 you know what i did I just went to the woods or the water. You just you know, went. I, I didn't. I, I didn't know what the weather was going to do. Finger and no, yeah, that, that's right. The, that's right. Where you were going to hunt or you fish, know? you know? Oh, absolutely. But uh, technology has evolved so much now with the iPhones we've got. I mean, typically you go in the woods, you don't talk on the phone anymore. You text each other. If you want to check the weather, you go on your iPhone. You look at the radar. It can tell you everything, and it's amazing how all that's changed in the last few years. I mean, when, years ago when we went in the woods. We barely had the right camo to put on. We didn't know. have any camo. I mean, it was just like, you know, you put yeah. on a flannel shirt and a pair of jeans and you went out in the woods. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks, it was it was a blast. Uh, again, a huge thanks to Babe Winkleman for, for joining us. And uh, we hope you all have a great weekend. And, and Kirk, hunting season's right around the corner, brother. I mean, right around the corner. Three weeks, brother. Yeah, yeah. We got dove season starting here in Georgia and Florida pretty soon. And so... Again, thanks for joining us. Y'all have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with Jeff Lagerman, Kirk Waltz. I'm Kevin Favor. We'll be seeing y'all next weekend. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2011.